Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That is why we're here. Welcome to Providence Church. It looks like we're mostly Providence folks here, but if you are visiting, we want to welcome you. This is a, a bit of a a different kind of service for us this morning, and it's because we are celebrating the birth of Christ. We will celebrate in worship with psalm, we will look into the Word, and after that we will share some uh, food together. We're, we're having a finger food fellowship, um, say that three times real fast, uh, after the service to, to celebrate as a family uh, the birth of our Savior. I have just a couple of quick announcements that I need to make uh, for the mothers and all parents. Uh, as you know, the nursery is, is not, um, it's open, but there's no one there taking care of children this morning because we wanted everyone here. But it, it is available. If any time during the morning uh, your child needs the nursery, please feel free to use that. What we're doing in here is piped over there, uh, so you'll still be able to see what's going on, but just want to make you aware that that is available. Also, for everyone in here who's married, I need you to lift your left hand like this and look at your ring finger, and if your wedding band is not there, it is on Gloria's finger. She found a wedding band, and so if you are missing that, uh, you know where to find it. <laughs> Speaking of weddings, I just want to make one quick announcement uh, this morning. Uh, some of you know Clifton and Bianca. Some of you may not, but we have a couple engaged on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Clifton and Bianca, congratulations. I just wanted to say, Clifton, that does not mean that you give one gift on Christmas that is for both anniversary and Christmas from now on, but make sure there are two. <laughs> We're so glad to uh, be together this morning and celebrate the birth of Christ. And we read in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 of the coming of our King. Verse 7 continues with the hope that we have. And I just want to read those, uh, that verse as just before we stand and sing of the hope of our coming king. Verse 7 says, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. We're going to sing some uh, Christmas songs this morning, and, and I don't know if how well we're going to do with standing, but um, let's just start standing, and if it doesn't work, we'll, we'll set. So stand with us in the first song as we sing, and then Josh will lead us through. Captive Israel, 
until the Son of God appeared. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come thou wisdom Joy for God. 
celebrate the birth of our Savior, the mystery of mysteries, the majesty of majesties. And it is um, this message that the angels proclaim to the shepherds we read of in, in Luke chapter 2. After Jesus' birth, it says, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Just as the angels announced the birth of Christ, so too we sing this morning of that birth of our great Savior, and we're going to continue singing out, Angels We Have Heard on High. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly sing.
guys have a seat. We're going to continue singing, but I felt like maybe we needed a little bit of a break from standing. Some of you are still full from Christmas Eve dinner and uh, need a little bit of rest, so we're going to take a break here and you can be seated. We're going to continue singing, though. Uh, the next song we're going to sing together is, O Come, All Ye Faithful. We have come to adore our great King, and we adore Him together. O Come, All Ye Faithful.
at all. No, no, I'm not singing. This prayer I am about to read is a Puritan prayer from the Valley of Vision, considering the gift of gifts that we celebrate every Christmas, Christ Jesus, our Lord. O source of all good, what shall I render to thee for the gift of gifts? Thine own dear son, begotten, not created. My redeemer, proxy, surety, substitute. His self-emptying, incomprehensible, his infinity of love beyond the heart's grasp. Herein is wonder of wonders. He came below to raise me above, was born like me that I might become like him. Herein is love. When I cannot rise to him, he draws near on wings of grace to raise me to himself. Herein is power. When deity and humanity were infinitely apart, he united them in indissoluble unity the cre uncreated and the created. Herein is wisdom. When I was undone with no will to return to him and no intellect to devise recovery, he came, God incarnate, to save me to the uttermost, as man to die my death, to shed satisfying blood on my behalf, to work out a perfect righteousness for me. O oh God, take me in spirit to the watchful shepherds and enlarge my mind let me hear good tidings of great joy and hearing, believe, rejoice, praise, adore, my conscience bathed in an ocean of repose, my eyes uplifted to a reconciled father. Place me with ox, donkey, camel, goat, to look with them upon my Redeemer's face, and in him account myself delivered from sin. Let me with Simeon clasp the newborn child to my heart, Embrace him with undying faith, exalting that he is mine and I am his. In him thou hast given me so much that heaven can give no more. Amen.
love incarnate, love divine. Uh, that is what we're singing of in this next song. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you guys to remain seated for this next song, and then on the second song we sing, we'll we'll all stand together. So this is Noel. Weary 
have some faithful young men in the back of the room who would like to hand Bibles to those who do not have those. If you do not have a Bible and would like one to follow along with the Christmas story, please just lift your hand and one of our young men will put a Bible in your hand. And if you don't have a Bible at home, please take this Bible as a gift of Providence Church. Okay, guys, looks good. Thank you for your faithfulness back there. The story of Christmas is the story of God's relentless love for us. The moment Mary touched God's face is the moment God made his case. There's no place he will not go. No place is too common. No person is too hardened. No distance is too far. There's no person he cannot reach. There's no limit to this love, written by Max Lucado. 
we have gathered um, this morning because of that story of love, because of this baby, because of this God, and because of this love. Today's um, service is a little bit different than normal, and today's sermon is going to be a little bit different than normal, um, because it's going to be about 20 to 25 minutes. Uh, we'll see about that, but that's the goal this morning. Uh, we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to uh, really try to learn the story of, of Christmas this morning, you know, and then I'd like to make three observations or just give you three thoughts um, from the Christmas story. Uh, the first thought is the peace that Christ brings. The second is uh, the worship that we give. And the third is the sovereignty that God displays. Because I think it's really the crux, the crux of Christmas. Christ's peace, our worship, and God's sovereignty. Before we do that, I want, to, I want us to uh, learn the story. And so I'm just going to tell you the story, uh, the story of Christmas this morning. And I want you to listen really carefully. And I want you to listen really carefully because um, I'm going to ask one of you to retell that story when we're done. Oh, the, the palms started sweating on, on that one. Uh, I can tell. There's a little, little bit of nerves in the room. Um, but we're going to learn the story. I, you know, I find if I'm not great at telling the biblical stories if I don't intentionally uh, learn those stories. And the story of Christmas is one of the most um, familiar stories, but really maybe the one, one that we have the, the most difficult time telling. And in Luke chapter 2, we find that story. And if you want to follow along in Luke chapter 2, you're, you're welcome to do that. Or if you just want to listen to the Christmas story, you're, you're welcome to do that as well. But the story goes like this, that in the days... In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world, uh, all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration when Quirinius, the governor of Syria, was the governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to their own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and she laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with, with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign for you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it wondered at what the, what the shepherds told them. But Mary, she treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been made known to them. And after eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. That is the story of love. That's the story of Christmas. Now, who would like to tell that story for us? Can I get a volunteer? I see, uh, 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 Beverly, can we borrow your microphone? Uh, in those days, you know what? Are you nervous? Yes, I'm very nervous. So am I. <laughs> okay, let me get you started. There was a decree that went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The first part's the hardest. And this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everybody had to do what? All went up to be registered. Registered. <laughs> and who else went up to be registered? Who was the daddy of Jesus? Joseph. Well, kind of the daddy of Jesus. Not really the daddy. <laughs> his, he was his earthly caretaker daddy. <laughs> Joseph went up to be registered. And he went from Galilee. Galilee? Mm -hmm, from the city of. Nazareth. Mm-hmm. To Judea. Judea. And city of. Beth. The city of, that's right, David, Beth who, which is called. Bethlehem. That's right. That's right. It was called Bethlehem. Okay. And then what happened? Why did he go there? Because he was of the house and lineage of. David. That's right. That's right. It was of the house and lineage of David. He went there to be registered with Mary because they were engaged, his betrothed. And she was about to have a baby. She was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to do what? Give birth. Give birth. That's right. And she gave birth to her firstborn Son. And, and she did what with him? Did she wrap him in? A manger. No, no, no. Swaddling cloths and laid him where? In a manger. That's right. Laid him in the manger. Okay. And there were, why did she do that? 
in the manger because there was what? Because there was no open ends. That's right. There was no room, no room for him, no place in the inn. And in that same region, who was out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks by night? Shepherds. And who appeared to them? An angel. Okay. And then what did the glory of the Lord do? Where was it? All around them. And what were they filled with? Fear. Fear. And the angel told them to do what? Not to. Not, not to fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Told them not to fear. Um, because he brings what to them? Good news. Of great joy. Of joy. great joy. And that's going to be for, for who? All, all around. All the people. Okay? For all the people. And then um, what, did the, what did the angels tell them? He said, they said, for unto you is born and this day. In Bethlehem. Okay, in the city of Bethlehem, a Savior who's Christ the Lord. All right, very good. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find the baby. In a manger. In a manger, that's right. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, so lots of angels. And they were, saying, they were praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth. earth. Okay, what on earth? Peace. Peace? Peace. Among those with whom God is what? Pleased with. Okay, very good. All right, that's a great, that's a good attempt. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> he will remember that story for a long time. <laughs> um, the crux of the Christmas story, peace, worship, and sovereignty. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Two observations about that. Peace to man, glory to God. Peace to man, glory to God. Jesus came to give peace to whom? Not the world. Jesus came to give peace to those who receive him. Wherever Christ is accepted, there is peace. What does Jesus mean by peace? Well, in John 14, verse 27, he says, My peace I give you, not as the world gives you. In Ephesians chapter 2, he says, Jesus himself is our peace. He gives us peace and he is our peace. And if we want peace to rule in our life, then our life must be ruled by Christ because he is our peace. So who gets peace? Well, the King James Version said, on, on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The New International Version corrected that. It was a bit of a not great translation. And it says, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And we read this morning and we heard the story in, in our version of the Bible. It says, among those with whom he is pleased. So how do you know if you're one of those God is pleased with? How do you know if God's favor rests on you? 
Luke calls us sons of peace. How do we know if we are sons of peace? We know that because only the sons of peace receive the peace that Jesus came to give. You know you are a son of peace or a daughter of peace if you know the peacemaker, if you know Christ, if you have received Christ. Because Romans 5.1 says, since we are justified by faith, we have received, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if you remember the Charlie Brown Christmas um, show or if you have seen that, but Linus told the Christmas story. And Lori reminded us, we actually watched this this year. Linus is, is holding his security blanket while he is telling the Christmas story. And when he talks about Christ coming to give peace, what does he do with that security blanket? You ever notice? He drops it. It falls out of his hands. Now, I know Linus is just a cartoon character, but it's a great symbol because we have... We have peace, some sort of peace, when we hold on to, to many things in life. It's a security blanket that we're holding, a security blanket of our, our job or our health or our, our money. We're holding, on a, we're holding a security blanket in our hands. But when we know the peace of God, whatever the, whatever the security blanket is that we're holding, we release it because we know the one who is peace. We know the peacemaker. And Jesus came to give that peace. Now those who know that peace, if you know Christmas peace, you know life worship. Because you cannot know the peace of Christ without worshiping the Savior. Peace to us, glory to God. You know, there's another part of the Christmas story that um, traditionally is part of the Christmas story, and that, that comes from uh, Matthew chapter 2, and that's the story of, of the wise men. Um, that story, um, Reader's Digest version of that story is that um, when Herod was king, some wise men came to Jerusalem asking, where is he who's born king of the Jews, because we saw a star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. We've come to worship him. And when Herod heard that, he was troubled, and, and we're told all Jerusalem was troubled with him, and he, he gathered together all the chief priests and all the, the scribes of the people, and he inquired where the Christ was to be born, and they told him in Bethlehem, because the prophets had said uh, that he would be born in Bethlehem. And after he heard that, he, he summoned the wise men secretly and he ascertained from them at what time the star had come. And he, he sent them to Jerusalem and he said, go and search diligently for the child. And when you find him, bring me word that I may worship him. Now that was a false worship. He had no intent of worshiping, but there was a worship to the Christ child. And so they listened to the king, and they, they went on their way, and the star came up, and they followed the star until it rested ab above where the Christ was, where the child was. And, it, and we're told when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with, with great joy. And they went into the house, and they found 
the child with his mother Mary, and we're told when they saw that, they fell down and they worshipped. And then they opened their treasure and they offered him gifts of, of, of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And there's a lot of good preaching about those gifts, but I'm, I'm not sure it comes from the text. Um, but gold was a, a gift for a king, we're told, and, and, and Christ was a king. And frankincense, we're told, is, is used in the temple for, for worship. And so um, they're worshiping God himself, or, or either Jesus is our high priest, depending on how you want to preach the sermon that day. I don't think that was actually um, literally what was, what was going on there, but there may be some symbolism there. I think what they were doing is they were just worshiping, and these were the most valuable things that they had to worship. You know, there's a lot we don't know about the wise men. We don't know we don't know how many there were. Were there three? We're, traditionally, we think, you know, we're told three because there were three gifts, but there could have been two or there could have been ten. Uh, we don't really know. We don't know where they're from. Some people say Babylon. Some people say Arabia. We don't know those things either. But what we do know, we do know they, they were not there um, in, the main, in the stable or in the cave. That, they were not there on Christmas. This is probably two years later. Jesus is in a house uh, with Mary and Joseph, and he's probably about two years old at this time, and they come with their gifts for one purpose. They follow this star for one purpose, to worship the king. They have come for worship. And so these gifts they give, I, there are two perspectives on this gift, or two ways to look at this. One is from the perspective of the of the wise men. One is from the perspective of God. And if we look at the perspective of the wise men, they were coming to give the best they had because this child was worthy of their worship. John Piper tried to paraphrase what they may have been thinking when he, he, he wrote it this way. He said, Lord Jesus, you are the Messiah, the King of Israel. All nations will come and bow down before you. God moves the world to see you are worshipped. Therefore, whatever opposition I may find, I joyfully ascribe authority and dignity to you and bring my gifts to say that you alone can satisfy my heart, not these. And that's what we're doing when we're worshipping. We're bringing our treasure, something we could use, not that Jesus needs those, but something that is valuable for us. We're saying you are more valuable than these things. That is our worship, and that's why Romans 12, 1 says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your spiritual worship. It's not done in drudgery. It's not done, it's not done as something that is hard to do. It is worship. It comes from knowing Christmas peace. And when we know Christmas peace, we present our bodies a living sacrifice, and we're saying, you are more precious than life itself, and so I give you mine. The peace of Christmas and the worship of Christmas, there's another perspective on those, on those gifts, and it's God's perspective. And I believe God's perspective shows us the, the um, sovereignty that God displayed. All throughout this story, we see sovereignty. We see uh, prophecy after prophecy fulfilled. He'll be born in Bethlehem. You, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among, among the rulers of, of 
Judah, out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. That was fulfilled. The exile, the angel's going to come to Moses, to Joseph, and say, take, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, for Pharaoh is getting ready to come and destroy him. That was done to fulfill the prophecy, out of Egypt I called my son. God's sovereignty is seen all through these, but I think it's seen especially in the gifts. Because he needed to, Joseph needed to take Mary and, and the baby to Israel. How is he going to do it? God provided everything he needed. He provided valuable gifts in order for him to be able to get to, to Egypt, be able to live in Egypt for those years until Herod dies. That is the sovereignty of God. In the birth of Christ, God's sovereignty, he is implementing his plan of restoring righteousness. And he is providing everything that is needed. And we need to trust God's sovereignty. So what do we learn from this story? We need to be encouraged by this story today. Whatever, whatever you are going through. You know, there's a, there's a bumper sticker that says, life is hard, then you die. Uh, I would say that's not true. Life is hard, then you go to Jesus. If you know the Christmas peace, you go to Jesus where you will worship him around the throne with people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. There will always be difficulties in life. There will be sickness, financial difficulties, job searches. People will disappoint us. But if you know Jesus, if you have that peace that surpasses all understanding, Jesus was born born in a cave, and he died on a cross. And so what right do we have to ask for an easy life? People will disappoint. Satan will attack the church. What do we do when those things happen? First, we remind ourselves of the peace of God in our lives. Then, we keep our eyes on the star, we keep our eyes on the destination because the destination leads to Jesus. It leads to sacrificial worship in our lives. So we let our journey not lead us to despair and not lead us to anxiety, but to lead us to worship. How? By presenting our lives a living sacrifice, which is your spiritual worship. And finally... Understand that God is sovereign. His plan will be fulfilled. God used the means of the wise men's worship to fulfill his sovereign plan. He will use the worship of your life and the worship of my life to complete his plan. And it is so exciting to be a part of that. So this Christmas, accept the gift of peace that the Christ child brings. Worship the King of Kings because he is worthy. Be part of God's sovereign plan to restore righteousness in the world. There's no better place to be. Don't be discouraged this Christmas. Keep worshiping. Keep trusting that God is working out his will in his way and in his timing.
So keep your eyes on the star because it leads to Christ. And when we do that, we will sing, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Pray with me. Father, what a special time of year to remember Remember the event, the event that separates history, the event that brings hope to our lives, brings peace into our lives, those on whom you, with whom you are pleased. Father, I pray that you would be pleased with everyone in this room, and if there's someone who doesn't know you, that they will know the peace of Christmas this year, that, that they will become worshipers of the Christ child. It's all because of the sovereign God who has called us. Father, help us to be faithful during this Christmas season as we begin the new year. Uh, May we, day by day, know your peace, give you worship, and trust your sovereign will in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And in response to that message, let's stand together now and sing joy to the world. Stick around for some finger food, so please stick around for that. But at at this time, I'm just going to say God bless each one of your families and homes as we celebrate the birth of our Savior Jesus this Christmas. Amen.